lots of uh, attention being focused on driverless cars, so-called autonomous vehicles. And um, for me, I think the biggest hurdle will be um, trusting the computer, trusting the technology to allow me to take my hands off the wheel and let it do the driving. Now, so far, uh, things have been working out pretty well. In the the case of uh, Google and their self-driving vehicles, they've done uh, 1.4 million miles of test driving, um, and they haven't had any accidents until lately. There was uh, one on uh, the 14th of this month, one of Google's self-driving SUVs going about two miles an hour, sideswiped a bus, in Mountain View, California, where it was being uh, tested. No one injured. Uh, Google admits that it was um, a mistake of the autonomous car and also the human guy who was sitting in the seat monitoring things. Uh, But our next guest uh, has been talking with engineers and artificial intelligence researchers uh, and a lot of people about what happens when there is a fatality, when there is the first fatality in a driverless autonomous vehicle. How will people respond? Joining me on the line now is uh, Adrienne LaFrance. She is a technology writer for The Atlantic and has written about this very issue. Nice to have you on our show. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. So tell me about what you've heard from uh, technology people about this this uh, almost unspeakable idea that, that someone uh, eventually is going to be killed uh, by one of these cars, either by it or in it. Right. So this is sort of the moment that a lot of people who are focused on self-driving cars are kind of bracing for. Um, it'll be a real test for not just the technology, which, of course, if there's a fatality caused by the car, um, we'll have to look at why that happened, what went wrong, um, whether it was avoidable. But really, it's a test of, of social acceptance to see how the public will respond. Uh, will they still be able to, to trust these things? Um, and it's interesting, of course, because we know that that human-driven cars cause many, many fatalities per year, you know, more than 30,000 annually in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more about kind of having people wrap their heads around who's in control of the vehicle and, and sort of whether they're comfortable with it not being a person. Well, in your piece, you, uh, you talk about maybe we will learn uh, about the future by looking to the past and uh, just the way the... Uh, automobile progressed in our society because there was a time uh, when uh, fatal accidents involving cars was was a gigantic problem. Right, definitely. I mean, and one could say it's, it's still a gigantic problem today. And mm-hmm. one of the great promises of self-driving cars is that they're expected to, if, if they are adopted on a wide scale, that they're expected to really dramatically reduce the number of deaths. So, so the idea is that this technology will be very safe. But as you mentioned, looking to the past of when uh, human-driven cars were new, um, there was something sort of a similar level of anxiety, a similar level of not knowing how or whether to trust the technology. You had in the 1920s, for example, people in courtrooms were debating whether the automobile was inherently evil, which sounds really dramatic today, but also is a reminder that at any moment of vast technological transition, uh, people get nervous and they don't, you know, it takes a while to sort of grapple with what the meaning of this new technology will be. And so uh, what what, what does this mean for the designers, for the artificial intelligence people, for the engineers? Uh, how how will they deal with uh, whatever blowback there might be when there is that first fatality? 
Right. I mean, so it, it raises a whole host of questions. I think for the, the designers and engineers who are thinking about it now, it, it just sort of underscores the possibility of a fatal accident caused by an autonomous car, underscores the need to be really conservative and really careful in the design of these vehicles. So sometimes you'll hear people kind of making fun of these cars because they're extra careful and, and you know, they, they go, you know, they always follow the speed limit and they might, you know, get stuck because they don't know how to read a situation so they wait until, you know, a light turns or something where mm-hmm. a human driver would be able to sort of read the context of a situation and make a decision more quickly. Right. Um, again, that's part of why they hopefully will be very safe. Um, but but I think that, you know, when you talk to the engineers, they, they describe having to be held to a much higher level of of safety standard because people expect human-driven cars to not always, you know, we, people get in accidents and unfortunately people are killed and that's the expectation that we have for, for our cars today. But in order for self-driving cars to ever be accepted, they're going to have to be safe, you know, not 95% of the time, but 99.999% of the time. Um, and then one other thing to mention, you, you asked about how They'll, you know, what the re- the reaction would be after the fact of, of, a, of a potential fatal accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a big question about liability. So if a driverless car causes the accident, it, who can be held responsible? I mean, is the person who wrote the code, who programmed the car, is that person responsible? I mean, these are really difficult ethical and, and legal questions. Right. And, and it, it does, it also goes to the question of insurance and how these things are insured and, and you know, uh, who I uh, presumably it's all going to f- come back to the owner uh, of the vehicle. Right. And, and so, you know, I mean, who knows? It, that doesn't quite seem fair necessarily either. Like, so there are a lot of questions and I think insurance companies are beginning to look into them. But but I think there'll be there's a sort of a long road ahead to figure out how we should think about uh, responsibility with these vehicles. When uh, will we see these start to whiz up and down the highways? I know they're testing them, of course, but uh, wh- right. when what's the, the timeline for these? It really depends who you ask. You know, there's some uh, technologists who think it'll be as soon as 10 years from now. Others say it might not even be 50 or 100 years. But really? I think the, yeah, I think, I think the way we'll see it play out is um, that we'll, we'll see in, in sort of controlled or smaller environments these vehicles will start to to gain traction. So you might have like a, a, one city that does a pilot program where they're using them or even like um, Volvo this year, I believe, is doing a pilot project where a single stretch of highway will be used to test these vehicles. And so mm-hmm. I think that it'll be in, you know, maybe corporate campuses, but um, just in smaller environments before we really see them everywhere, it seems likely to me. Now, will these be part of a, a, a upgrade or a, a change in the infrastructure? And by that, I mean, will they have to do things with the roads to put sensors in them or something to, to guide these cars? Or is this all in thought, cases, thought about? <laughs> right. No, no, that's a great question. Um, I mean, it depends. There, there, so there are several different approaches to autonomous cars. You know, you have some even like cars today that have what people call sort of like partially autonomous systems. Like um, you might even think of, of anti-lock brakes that mm-hmm. way. But you know, steering correction, even cruise control is sort of a, a slightly autonomous form of driving. Yes. Um, but for some of some of the technologies today, where the the car's eye or camera needs to be able to read very um, brightly painted lanes, so that's a situation where um, you may, you know, the the onus may be on municipalities or states or you know some other government entity entity to be sure that they're 
roadways are up to speed. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how exactly that will play out. Um, but uh, there will be, you know, some maintenance-related needs that way. Well, it's going to be, if nothing else, it's going to be interesting to watch uh, its development, whether it's 10 years or, uh, or 100 years. <laughs> Absolutely. In the meantime, listen, I appreciate you coming on our program. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Adrienne LaFrance, she's a writer with uh, The Atlantic. She writes about technology issues. And a really interesting article, Can Google's Driverless Car project, uh, Project Survive a Fatal Accident? Interesting.